everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining me today at my little corner of the internet. Today is Friday, May 24th. It's episode number 770. This is Meet My Friend Friday. And you guys know by now I love having guests on the show who are following hard after God. And today is no exception. My friends, Aaron and Jennifer Smith are on the show with me today. We're going to be talking about all things marriage. If you want to be encouraged in your marriage today and really get a reboot as to why God calls us to marriage in the first place, stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right. So you guys know that we are mostly through, I cannot even believe it, mostly through the month of May. For those of you who've been following me at MomStrong International and are doing the scripture writing challenge, uh, today's scripture is found in Psalm chapter 37, verses three to six. I'm going to read it for you. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. This is the scripture writing challenge for today. You can download the month's challenge free at momstronginternational.com. And we have recently added a Spanish version to this and also uh, a Spanish scripture writing challenge. So I want to just encourage you, you can have your kids join. There's a, a copy work for you. There's cursive copy work for those of you who are doing the premium uh, Bible study with us, but check it out, momstronginternational.com. One of the things I love about the scripture writing challenge, particularly as it relates to what God does with people that are on the show and when uh, that verse is, uh, is be, you know, that we are writing it out, is it almost always corresponds to what we're going to be talking about on the show that day. And today is no different. Um, I love that one of the things I loved about this verse as I was looking at it earlier today is it starts out saying, trust the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. That's something we don't hear a lot about in the culture today. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today because my friends, uh, Aaron and Jennifer Smith are on the show with me today. I've been following Jennifer for quite a while at Unveiled Wife. And uh, she began blogging a long time ago, and I'll let her tell you about that. But her husband's also a blogger at Husband Revolution, and they speak and write about marriage in a way that's very powerful and relevant. I know you guys are going to be encouraged. Aaron and Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're honored and humbled. Well, I am the one who's honored and humbled. I love your passion for helping parents and husbands and wives in particular see themselves through the lens of scripture. And that's really what you do. And you guys have a brand new book out. But before I get to it, I would like to introduce our listeners to you. Is this the first time you guys have been on my show? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking it's 770 episodes. I haven't had, that's bad. My bad. Because <laughs> uh, you guys are doing amazing work uh, through your blog and through your ministry to marriages. And uh, you guys have been married, what, 12, little over 12 years now? Yep. 12 yeah, and a half years. January will be another year. Yep. Another another trip around the, uh, around the yeah. sun. <laughs> yeah. And those uh, 12 and a half years around the sun have been fruitful for you because you've got four young children, right? Yeah, we do. Um, Elliot is our oldest. He's six and a half. Um, Olive is, she's just turned four. Wyatt is two and Truett is nine months. Oh my goodness. I love it. So you guys are, you guys are in something I like to call the wonder years. 
So this is like the one everybody's been listening to me. They're like, oh, Aaron and Jennifer and the Wonder Years. Heidi had to say it. <laughs> <laughs> this is like this is when your kids are like in awe, I hope, of everything around them. And you can really teach them about the creation of God and the wonder around them. And it's also before they start to wonder if you know what you're talking about. So it's like a, it's like a twofer. These are like my, some of my favorite years ever. So are you guys having fun? Do you feel overwhelmed yet? It depends on what day it is. <laughs> I was going to say and, yes and yes. They are in that season where they just love to explore. And I feel like we're learning a lot from them too. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they it's know, the when wonder they years. know what we're I'm about. telling you. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. And you guys have um, an online ministry. You've got a podcast and a book. Tell the listeners, we'll come, I want to circle back to it, but by way of introduction, uh, tell everybody what it is that you guys are up to. What's your passion right now? So right now we're, we're putting a lot of attention and focus into our podcast, Marriage After God. Uh, you know, you've been doing it for way longer than us, but uh, we've been enjoying it. We do it together. It's a weekly podcast uh, where we talk about things that the Lord's teaching us in our marriage. And, uh, and then our book, uh, marriage after God, which comes out June 4th is, uh, the culmination of just all of the things that the Lord's been teaching us. And it's a movement we're trying to start to get marriages to recognize that God's got them. Uh, he's given them gifts to use for his kingdom. Mm. I think it's important too. One of the things I love about you and your stand together for the Lord is that what you're really doing is reminding people that it, that God's word is relevant. And it was, it was relevant when it was written. It's relevant now. And the most important thing that we can do as couples, if we want to follow God, is to have that strong biblical foundation. And you guys cover that mm-hmm. in your book. So when you talk to people and they come up to you, say, at a conference and they're talking about marriage and you want to encourage them to build their marriage on a strong foundation, where is the first place that you have them start? The word of God, <laughs> we, we encourage them to dig in and, um, not just, you know, we, we don't want them to look at us and take our word for it. We want them to understand and know who God is yeah. and, and how uh, we want them to apply his word to their life. Yeah. I, as I was writing this book, I, I did a, a lot of the heavy writing on the, the front end of the book. And then Jennifer did a lot on the back end. And, uh, I, I kept telling Jennifer, I was like, I just want to stop because the Bible's already said this better than me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like right. I, I, I'm like writing something. I'm like, like, no, this is just, you just need to read Galatians like to, <laughs> to get this. Like, so yeah, the, the, we start the whole book off with um, the, the word of God is our culture. Uh, we don't, we don't apply ourselves to the cu- current culture. What we do is we apply to the, the, uh, the foundation, the never moving or ever, never shifting word of God. Uh, it is our foundation. That's right. And it's amazing to me, and I've said this many, many times on the podcast, the church in an effort to be seen as relevant is really moving away from the only thing that makes us relevant, which is the unchanging, living, breathing word of God. And you have done a very good job of having that be the foundation for everything else that you say after that, right? Yeah. And uh, we we often tell people, they're like, well, what about the stuff that you you don't understand or that is controversial? I say, well, if if it's something I don't understand or it, it doesn't make sense, it's because I don't understand it yet, not because it's wrong. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, I get to, we get to change ourselves to what the Bible says, not the other way around. 
That's exactly right. And when when we talk about having that strong biblical biblical foundation, can you for just a minute, you guys give listeners kind of a glimpse into what that looks like for you? Because I think one of the things we're struggling with in the culture right now, and definitely we're struggling with this uh, privately and corporately as a church, is how do we grow? I think we've become very dependent on pastors and youth pastors like we think this is the way we grow, we go to church. But actually, it's so much more than that. So in the day to day, if someone's listening to this and they're like, man, that, that I want a strong biblical foundation. I believe the Bible. I want that to be the underpinning for my marriage, but I just don't know how to do it. Um, how can you, can you give some encouragement as to how that might look? Yeah. When I think about uh, the word of God, I, I immediately think of when Jesus was in the wilderness and he's being tempted by the devil and uh, he gets tempted with scripture, you know, Satan, you know, presents scripture to him, but he takes it out of context, of course. And Jesus says, it's not by bread alone that we live, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And uh, uh, the word of God, all of it, every bit of it, not just picking and choosing, not just reading the stuff that is the easiest to follow. Um, but, you know, we tell people like people emails and, hey, how do you do Bible time with your kids? Or, what, you know, where do I start? And I say, well, the beginning, go to Genesis and just read through the Bible. There's a lot of... Yeah crazy stuff in there, but it's all important. The Old Testament makes the New Testament what it is. The New Testament uh, solidifies the shadows that we have in the Old Testament. So you need all of it, every single bit of it, all the bread. Um, and so Wait, just so, what, through all so of let it. me get this straight, Aaron. So you actually would take issue with the teachers out there right now that are saying, hey, it's okay to unhitch from the Old Testament. That, that's so, that's so uh, BC. Uh, uh, what do you say? <laughs> Well, Jesus didn't. Jesus uh, references the Old Testament more than anything. Uh, before the New Testament existed, there was only the Torah and the Old Testament. So we, we can't unhinge any of it. It's all relevant. Uh, without the Old Testament, without the stories um, in, in, the, in the books, without the historical evidence that we have in there, um, nothing we have in the New Testament matters. Nothing we have in the New Testament is, is true. Uh, so Jesus didn't come and just start this new thing. He he took from the old, the, the original stuff, the, the stuff that was unchanging, and just expanded upon it in the New Testament. And so we, you can't have one without the other. You need the so whole thing. So we could totally, obviously, we could do a whole other podcast just on this, and that's not what this is about. <laughs> but can I just say thank you, thank you, thank you, because I, I am increasingly frustrated listening to teachers who are saying, well, that's so, you know, we, we can understand the book of Leviticus, and some of this stuff's really weird. And did a snake really talk to a woman in the garden? And I'm standing in the background going, yes, 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 and it matters. So uh, so thanks for going off the script today and uh, touching on that with me. All right, you guys, I'm going to get back to why you're here. So you guys have written that every marriage is unique and God has brought us together to serve the Lord. And I'm always telling audiences, God never does anything apart from a kingdom purpose. So everything that God does has something to do with the kingdom. It has something to do with something that we can't see yet, but God can see it. And you outline that really, really uh, well in Marriage After God. And Jennifer, when when someone says to you, um, really, does it matter? This day-to-day mundane, seemingly mundane job of wiping little noses and trying to carve out time for yourself and hoping you can get to the bathroom by yourself and then trying to nurture your marriage on top of all of that, um, does it really matter? Well, it goes back to this eternal significance. And when a, when a weary mom comes up to you and she's got tears in her eyes, because we can all we can all relate, right? She comes up to you and she's exhausted and she's wondering, I, she's saying, I don't have time to invest in my husband right now because I can barely, uh, I can barely invest in my kids. I've every ounce of energy I have 
it feels like anyway, emotional and otherwise is being poured into my kids. And she loses sight of that eternal thing that God is doing. How can you encourage that mom right now? Well, first of all, I just want to say, I understand. <laughs> I, I relate. I, I know what it feels like. God has given us and designed our bodies to um, experience so many different types of emotions. And, and we do feel weary, you know, at, at times. But the point is that we do it with him and we do it because of him. And I have, I mean, I've been brought down low um, in just going from day to day to day to being able to um, be with my kids. And like you said, do all the mundane things. But the purpose is the ministry of reminding them and directing their hearts, whether it's my husband's hearts or my children's hearts, that God is with us and he has a purpose for us. Mm -hmm. And that is the ministry that we're supposed to be living out day to day. Yeah, that's right. And it's your marriage, right? It, I mean, uh, uh, and you guys know Anne Dunnigan. And uh, years ago, her son Mark made me a sculpture because, you know, homeschooler. So instead of writing me a thank you note, he came back the next year and said, hey, I was so touched because I taught on Psalm 127 that tells us our children have been given to us like heirs in the hands of a warrior. And really was talking about that warrior, that God sees a husband and wife together on the battlefield. A husband in front of his wife, the God says that the man is the leader in his home, shield up, taking those darts. And I'm not standing behind him knitting a baby blanket, right? I've got a quiver full of arrows on my back and I'm shooting those arrows out, my husband and I together. And that marriage relationship is very, very powerful. I think sometimes we lose sight of that. Have you guys seen, uh, even Christian couples lose sight of the eternal power and the eternal significance of marriage in the culture today? Absolutely. Uh, what happens is because we're so internally focused and we're, well, this isn't making me happy or this isn't turning out the way I want. And, you know, I'm not comfortable. This doesn't feel good. And what happens is we, both of us have gotten a plethora of emails over the years of people saying, well, God wants me, wants me to be happy. Therefore, since I'm not happy, God doesn't want me in this marriage. Mm. And so they, they, they start from the false premise in the first place that God's interested in just their happiness. And uh, we, plenty of right. marriage books have talked about that. That's not the point. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if that's your premise, then you've, you're, you're, you think that God's here for just you anyway. And the moment that we become Christians, we, we get grafted into a, um, a bigger picture. We get grafted into his, the vocation of, of salvation of souls, the vocation of, um, as we're told in the Bible of reconciling the world to the father. And so when we are looking, when we look internally, then the only thing we see is, is what we want or what we're not getting rather than what God wants and what God wants to get from us and for us. And it's, it becomes a distraction. And when you, when, as the, as it tells us in Galatians, if you seek after the flesh, you're going to reap the fruits of the flesh. Mm -hmm. But if you seek after the spirit, you will reap the fruits of the spirit, which is joy, peace, patience, kindness. When you, when you have those things in marriage, I mean, the, first of all, happiness in marriage is, is just a fruit of that. You know, you're like, well, when you're joyful and peaceful and, and kind to each other, that's just a, a happy place to be. But yeah. when you guys are chasing after God, when your hearts are with him, when you want what he wants and you're walking in the spirit, the overflow of that, because the Bible often calls us vessels, we're wineskins, we're jars, we're, you know, we're cups. These are things that, that, that describes who we are. And what that is, is something that gets filled up and then poured out, filled up and poured out. And so if but you just walk, describe parenting in a nutshell, it's exactly <laughs> what it is. But when you recognize what it is we're doing, so my wife, every day she get the thing that gets to sustain her is not 
that she did everything well or that she did it right or that she got enough done. Because when you think that way, those are the days you feel the most weak, the most as a mm-hmm. failure. But when you recognize like, man, like I'm, I'm teaching my children about God. I'm, sh- I'm de- exemplifying for them who God is in our life and how we follow him. I'm teaching them the way they should go as the old Testament says. And we, we are actually discipling our children and we're raising up Christians. <laughs> we're, we're building the kingdom of God from within, from, our, from, the, from the people that God gave us, from the image bearers that we have in our own home. Yeah, so no, that's, that's right. That's the perspective that we have in it. It changes how we operate in our marriage because we recognize that this thing that we have is not just for us, but it's because God has a, a mission for us to do in this world, has a ministry for us to do in this world. Yeah, it's a kingdom purpose. And and God's about the kingdom. I, mean, I think sometimes we think that he's about our glory, but God is resolutely committed to his own glory. And he's using marriage to bring him glory, right? I mean, that's part of it. I, I want to take this a little bit of a different direction for just a minute and hear a perspective from each of you. I often, uh, I wrote a book uh, several years ago uh, for women about marriage after I had seen uh, up close and personal in my own family, the devastation of divorce and what happens to uh, children who are caught up in that situation. I am a product of divorce. Most of my siblings have been divorced. It's it's very, uh, it's really ingrained in my family. Jay and I are coming up on 30 years of marriage. We'll celebrate our 30th anniversary in September. And uh, the, I, that is the grace of God. It really is. And part of it was learning and ha- we're continuing to learn, right? What, um, how God wants us to treat each other. And I get emails all the time, I'm sure like you do, from from husbands who say, uh, I'm just so frustrated with my wife because A, B, or C, you know, pick anything, right? Or a wife uh, who says, I don't know how to encourage my husband. Um, Aaron, from a, from not just um, a human standpoint, but obviously that plays into because we're human beings, but from a biblical worldview and reflecting the heart of Christ, what are some ways that you have found? Because I hear, I often hear, you know, we, we talk about all kinds of things in marriage, you know, submission becomes this big issue and we, we dig into roles and uh, that kind of, and we miss the heart of God. And when you have an opportunity to really bless your wife, um, after a long day, she's exhausted, you're exhausted. Hello. Can we just be honest? Uh, and, and you know that, uh, God wants you to love your wife like Christ loved the church. And you just think, I don't care about the church right now. I just want to go to bed. I'm tired, right? Uh, what, what, um, talk to the guy who's going, dude, I'm, you know, I come home from work. I'm dead on my feet. My wife's talking to me about the pipes that broke downstairs. The kids are crying. How, what does it look like practically in that moment to minister, to really be Jesus to your wife? Well, I mean, Ephesians 5, uh, 25 is clear. It says, love your wife as Christ loves the church, giving himself up. For her, and that, mm. that's specifically talking about death on a cross, which every believer is supposed to take up their own cross. Yeah. So if you think about it, just being a Christian to my wife, let alone being a husband to her, <laughs> I have to mm-hmm. die to myself. I have to lay myself down. I have to um, put myself beneath. Um, you know, the greatest in the kingdom will be the one that becomes the least in the kingdom. Mm. And uh, so having that perspective of, uh, well, I will lay myself down, which is very difficult to um, kill my flesh in the moment mm-hmm. of I'm tired and I'm uh, I'm irritated or mm-hmm. the house is crazy. And so, you know, dying to myself is the, the first thing. And then it says, um, you know, washing her by the water with the word. Mm. <laughs> and so uh, a part of it is, is constantly reminding my wife of what scripture says about her. And it's not beating her with scripture. It's, it's reminding her in a gentle yes. way and saying, Hey, like, I know this was a hard day. Remember 
you, what you did was important. What we're doing is important. Hey, this, look at, look at the things you did do. Look how we're pointing them to Christ. Hey, let's, and also at times exhorting like, Hey, we need to change how we're being because our kids are seeing a bad example right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not always that, but, um, and I, it, I don't want to make it sound like I do this well. <laughs> it is uh, di- dying to self is not easy. No, uh, when actually, you know, I think given the instructions that God gives to wives and the instructions that he gives to husbands, I, I actually kind of think that husbands have the harder role. I mean, he's saying, love your wife like Christ loved the church. He, he died for her. And that you're right. That dying to self is, uh, is difficult. My husband has said something over the years to me, which has been so encouraging. And I just heard him say this in Nashville a few weeks ago. He was talking to the men and he was just saying, listen, I'm going to stand before the Lord someday and I'm going to answer for how my family did or did not flourish because I'm the one who's responsible and I bear that responsibility. And so I love my children and I love my wife and I'm obedient to the Lord because I want to see them flourish. That's my role. And I thought that boy, um, such a beautiful way to, to see uh, marriage and to see your role in it. Jennifer, when you, I'm going to ask you the same question, right? So a, a, a woman says to you, I'm just so tired. I'm just so done. I've nursed the baby for the 400th time this week. <laughs> if one more person asks me for one more thing, I'm going to lose it. Not that that would ever happen to me, but if it did, hypothetically, yeah. <laughs> and I came to you and I know my husband needs my time and my attention and I'm just so weary. Um, what's the advice you could give to that mom right now? I think what's um, been evident in our marriage is um, communication and being able to tell him when I'm, you know, at my end and why and, you know, what's going on in my life. And, but also taking time to listen to him and saying, what's on your heart? What are you going through? What are your, what are your needs right now? And just being able to meet each other with understanding and, um, and comfort for one another. Um, and you know, I'm not going to say that submission is easy because I've wrestled with that over our time being married, but, um, it is easier to submit to a man who submitted to the Lord. And so when I see that exemplified in my husband, when he leads me the way the Bible calls him to, it is a lot easier for me to submit to him and to fulfill my role and what God's called me to do. Um, but you know what? I've also learned that I'm called to do that regardless of what he's doing. And so there's this, um, there's this walk that we're doing right toward, toward righteousness and towards um, everything that God's <clears throat> called us to and his word to do. And, and, and practically speaking, that looks like a lot of messiness that looks like, you know, going throughout our day and, reminding each other that we're on the same team, that we are present for each other. Um, sometimes it's just a matter of saying, hey, can you put your phone down so I could just talk? <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. Um, but when he, when he loves me and when you, like you guys were talking earlier, you know, loving me like Christ loves the church, that motivates my heart to want to meet his needs and to be there for him. Well, you yeah. touched on something really important because I think that God created women to be born responders, right? We're, we're born responders. We're born to respond to the leadership of our husbands, those of us who are married. My, my grandfather said something uh, really profound to Jay and I when we, I think we were maybe five or six years into our marriage and we were doing a study at our church on submission. And because I did not see it modeled well as a child or as a teenager, in fact, I saw it modeled very badly and it, it damaged me in lots of different ways. Um, my grandfather, my grandparents married almost 75 years. So they knew a few things wow. yeah. about marriage. And my grandfather was a pastor and he looked at me and he said, Hi, do you know what? In a healthy marriage, the issue of submission will never come up. If this is what you're talking about all the time, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Something's already wrong because my heart is to love your grandma 
and to, mm-hmm. and to serve her and to um, encourage and bless her. And her heart is to serve and to encourage and to bless me. And because our hearts are for each other and we want our marriage to honor God, we don't spend our time arguing about roles in marriage. We are, we're, can, we want to obey the Lord. And the Lord says that the husband is leader of the home. It just, I mean, it just, it was like a game changer for Jay and I, yeah. you know, to realize, oh, we don't, you know, and honestly, in the 30 years that we've been married, I can think of maybe, uh, I count on one hand, the times when Jay has made an executive decision that I didn't agree with, but the Bible teaches me that he has that role and that authority. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, but the point is, he's not just going to go, Hey, Heidi, I bought a new car today. Sorry, you don't, sorry, I didn't ask you. <laughs> he's not going to do that because he loves me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's the sort of twisted, you know, we, we want to see each other the way that, that God sees us, which is why I so love your ministry. I think you guys are doing an incredible, incredible thing uh, for young married couples in particular. Your brand new book is coming out in just a couple of days. It's called Marriage After God, and we can find it at marriageaftergod.com. But you guys, are we still, at the time of this podcast airs, we're still in the pre-order uh, right? The pre-order yeah, time. So people it, can get like bonuses. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's bonus time. So, <laughs> you know, like it's not hammer time, it's bonus time. And people can actually, if they order your book right now, uh, there's an, a bunch of pre-order bonuses that they can get. Do they find that at marriageaftergod.com? Marriageaftergod.com on the homepage, they can scroll down a little bit and there's a form to fill out. And wherever they pre-order from, they can get access to the pre-order bonuses. Mm-hmm. So they can either order from our store, shop.marriageaftergod.com or Amazon or Barnes & Noble or anywhere. Uh, when the book releases, just as a little note, I'm you're sure your audience will love this, is it'll also be in all the Hobby Lobbies, which is amazing. Woo-hoo. Fantastic. Love us some Hobby Lobby. Uh, <laughs> love those guys, what they're doing too. That's fantastic. So for those of you who want more information about Aaron and Jennifer Smith's new book, Marriage After God, you can find all the information at marriageaftergod.com. You can also find uh, links to order and more information about the Smiths at the show notes as usual, heidistjohn.com forward slash podcast. Aaron and Jennifer, you guys are amazing. I'm going to continue just to pray for you. I'd love to encourage you in any way that I can. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having yeah, us. And thank it. you, Heidi, for all the work that you're doing for God and um, just being a voice in today's culture. It's just, it's so necessary and needed. Thank you. I really appreciate it. For more information, you guys, about Aaron and Jennifer and their amazing ministry, you can find all things Aaron and Jennifer Smith at the show notes today, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. Also, don't forget, we're coming up at the end of the monthly Bible study at Mom Strong International. We've got almost 13,000 of you joining us every month for the scripture writing and the study there. It's not too late to join. You can create an account at MomStrongInternational.com. Get your kids writing God's word with you guys. There is power in knowing and applying the Word of God to your life. Thanks for listening, everybody, and I'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.